In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. There are so many lessons to learn from the life of St. Mary, and indeed from the Incarnation itself that becomes the grounds for which we rejoice. Of course, we rejoice in St. Mary, for she is holy, she is blessed, she is prepared, but above all, she is the Theotokos, the bearer of God, the one who was chosen as a vessel through whom our Savior came. And in that we see a great model of oneness. We see oneness in the Trinity. The Son of God, the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the incarnate Word. But we also see oneness in the approach that God has towards salvation. Our God did not manufacture salvation and just send it to us. He did not just create a plan and exercise it from a distance. What our God did is he had a view of salvation that incorporated us within it. There was a oneness about that union and the cooperation between us. Right from the beginning, God creates Adam. He takes of Adam and creates Eve. To restore us after the fall, he decides himself to become the new Adam and to take us back after we had fallen and we had erred and we had sinned. You know, you see it sometimes when you're looking at uh, teachers dealing with pupils, parents dealing with children. You often want them to become part of the solution. You don't just want to fix things for two reasons. First, if they don't come part of the solution, then they feel there's a sense of entitlement. Someone has fixed it for them. And secondly, if they don't become part of the solution, they feel that they are always secondary, subservient. If we did not become part of the solution, we would have always felt that we were broken and sinful and would never have transitioned from servants to sons and daughters. And so when our Lord came and took us, our image that he created in us as his image and likeness, he took that and he consecrated it once again. He made it holy once again, not just by blessing it, but by taking it and living his life as we have. Because he wanted us to know that he was one with us and he wanted us to feel one with him. That sense of union and unity is important. It's a sense of taking ownership 
and growing in a solution rather than staying as the problem. And so when in our liturgy we speak of a oneness of heart, we speak of course of a oneness of heart that is between us. And I'll come to that. But more importantly, it is a oneness of heart between us and God. If we live with the heart of God, if we speak with the heart of God, if we witness with the heart of God, we will see the world and deal with the world very differently. Because with the heart of God, we then see and experience and become vessels of the love of God. Not our own broken, weak, fallible love. The love that sometimes can turn to hatred. Others manifest itself in ways that are not really loving, but we make ourselves believe that they are. The love of God is pure. It is irrefutable. The love of God has no limits and no boundaries. And so when we talk about oneness in heart, oneness of heart, if we look at the heart of God and want to become one with Him, then we will deal with the world with that same love. The love that says, of course I'll forgive you. The love that says, I don't care, it's okay. The love that says, I want to reconcile. The love that says, I will come to you, you don't need to come to me. The love that was manifest in the incarnation. The love which is present with us until today. And of course, when we have that oneness of heart with God that leads to the love of God, we then have a oneness of heart with one another in the love of God. There would no longer be factions and breaks and wars and conflicts because that oneness of heart would be based on the presence of God in the midst of that relationship, filling our hearts on both sides. And yes, we're human. Of course we make mistakes. Of course we're going to fall short of grace. But we always have a reminder. That reminder is that I am a recipient and then a carrier of his love. When we look at St. Mary, we see a huge example of that. The archangel didn't paint a pretty picture. He didn't deceive her. He told her very frankly what was going to happen. But she took that mission. She responded to that calling because she had the love of God in her heart. If she had the opportunity to become the mother of the Savior, and don't forget, all of Israel was waiting. Although she was young, 
she was obviously deep in her own understanding. She understood what this would mean. And she took that responsibility and she took that burden because she was a recipient and a carrier of the love of God for all humankind. She knew that she was going to serve all of humankind. And in that example, we see that selflessness, that oneness of heart that's leading to love. And in a different life, in a different setting, you may think that's a foolish love. You know, sometimes we're asked to get involved in situations. And people say to you, why on earth did you decide to say yes? Why did you choose to do this? And you say, well, it seemed crazy. But it was because of this concept of being a recipient and a carrier of the love of God that allows us to offer ourselves up in that same way. Because we have been given freely and so we are directed to give freely. Love in the pure context of God has no strings attached. How many people do we deal with in the world who are just really unlovable? Genuinely unlovable. And don't look at your siblings right now. But we deal with them because we have that love of God. Because we, as humankind, are entirely and completely unlovable. Look at us since the beginning of creation. All we have done is cause destruction. If we didn't eat from a forbidden fruit, we lied. And if we didn't lie, we killed siblings. If we didn't kill siblings, we offered sacrifices. If we didn't offer sacrifices, we, be we went before false gods and so on and so forth from the beginning of creation until today. We are not perfectly lovable and yet God loves us because he is perfect in his love. And that's a lesson to me to say that no one cannot be loved. We may disagree with what they do. We may disagree with what they say. We may disagree with their actions. But no one, no one cannot be loved. But this love that, that we're talking about cannot be a peripheral love. You know, again, in the litany, we say the oneness of heart leading to love, let it be rooted in us. Let it be founded in us. Roots, roots go down and they spread. You see these magnificent trees outside, how tall they are. It is because their roots are in the ground and spread and create such a firm foundation. You get winds, you get rain, you get snow. 
It is standing there not because it's big, not because it has wonderful green leaves. It's standing there because of what we cannot see, which is the power in its rooting. And when we stand, it's not going to be because of our great gifts and great dealings and great things that we think we represent. When we stand in a storm, it is because of where we are rooted and how far we are rooted. When we stand in a storm, it is because it is that rooting of a love that comes from a oneness of heart with God himself. So we are nourished not just from the ground, we are nourished from the spring of love himself. And like a tree, when those roots soak up the moisture, when we, through our roots, soak up the spring of life, it starts to pump through us. And with it, you get the green leaves of righteousness, the fruits of love, strength of faith. And that is what we are called to. We're not called to be weak. We're not called to just be here. We are called to be givers of the love we were recipients of and carriers of. It's not mine. If I give you this question and say, could you please give it to person X, it doesn't become yours. When we receive this love, we are blessed by it, but it's not ours to keep. When we are loved, we must love. When we are forgiven, we must forgive. When we are reconciled with, we must reconcile with. When we are given chance after chance after chance, we must do the same. And imagine if every one of us did that. Imagine your household. Not that this would ever happen in your household, of course, but sometimes you have conflicts, right? Misunderstanding in other households, not in yours. Misunderstandings. And sometimes you'll have maybe three or four people there, and you'll have one person wanting to work towards reconciliation, the other one saying, no, sorry, not interested. The other person saying, no, I'm running outside. And you think, suddenly tables change, and the person who wanted to reconcile has now become offended, so they don't want to reconcile anymore, and the other person is running out the way, and this person's trying, and it doesn't work. Imagine if in that household, that small household, Everyone had the heart that is unified with God, that is of love, and that is rooted at the same time. At the same time, you would suddenly have peace and reconciliation and love and forgiveness. Now imagine our world. If we all had that oneness of heart with God that is built on the love of God that is rooted in us, all of us here, each and every one of us here, each and every one of us outside, all of us, imagine what the world would be. 
the world would be a place that was just filled with the love of God because that is all, it would be all, we were spreading. So we give thanks for the incarnation because it gives us an opportunity to have a oneness with our God through his incarnation and through our sonship and daughtership. We give thanks to St. Mary because of the humanity in her. The incarnate word became flesh and gave us hope and promise. We give thanks for one another because we are not only the image and likeness of God, but we, all of us, when you look at the person next to you, in front of you, behind you, that person was the reason for the incarnation. Just as you are the reason for the incarnation. That person may look offensive and sound offensive and may actually be offensive. But it is for that person that God took flesh and came to save us. Each and every one of us. And so we give thanks for one another that we are all the reason for his incarnation and all the reason for his expression of love. And we are together on this journey of salvation and together in oneness of heart, founded in love, rooted in him, journeying towards his kingdom. And glory be to God forever.